0: Welcome everyone to episode 88 of the Early Game Podcast. I'm Farris, and as usual, with me is my lovely colleague John. Hi, John. How are Hello.
1: You? <laughs> oh, jumped in a second early. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Um, sort of a uh, bit, bit, well, I think we told the listener, bit busy this weekend, bit busy last weekend, but with every kind of spare movement, um, still playing a lot, playing a ton, and uh, just had the launch of MW3. Well, the, the, the early access, the campaign launch, the full launch is a couple of days. So lots of uh, last minute prep and getting ready for a serious weekend of, uh, yeah, grinding and writing, um, but it should be good fun. What about yourself?
0: Nice. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I'm about to leave on a short vacation, which I'm very excited for. Uh, we will still have a pod next week. It will have terrible audio, but just deal with it. I'll try my best in post production. Um, yeah, quite excited to get out the to get out the house. Uh, I have been playing um some really cool stuff, but I uh will not talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, mean, you could,
1: I, w- I mean, we don't have too much other. you you feel
0: sorry if we if we have time i'll mention some really cool i i i I dove back into game pass and um Uh,
1: so lots of little bits here and there
0: exactly i now that like with the exception of avatar uh every major video game is done for this year i thought it would be time to kind of catch up with some indie titles and stuff that i missed throughout the year and it's been really nice. I had some fantastic experiences over the weekend, and it's been really, really fun diving into um, games like Cocoon and Jussant, and, and which, if we have time, I will briefly talk about later. Um, but, yeah, it's been nice, and, like, it kind of made me want to do more more of that again after playing, like, 15 AAA games this year. After a like,
1: big, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, there's all of this stuff that I kind of neglected this year that is incredible um and i am still playing mario wonder which is also incredible so um there's there's that still going
1: will you be uh going in on mario rpg in what two weeks yeah yeah i am
0: i am and i'm looking into potentially covering it i will get a copy from nintendo Uh, physical
1: no less i'm sure
0: looks like it from judging from the emails um and yeah, I'm quite excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It sounds amazing. Um and it's cool. I I am fully on board with the, the this current remake phase of video games uh uh because this is a this is a remake of a very old game. Um so I am quite excited for that. Uh definitely. I hope I'll be done with Wonder by then. I am pushing kind of towards the end very slowly but steadily. Uh I hope I hope I will have time for Mario RPG, but probably will.
1: Making your way there. Very nice, very nice. A uh, Mario-packed kind of near Christmas for you.
0: Yeah, which is nice, and probably the last things I will really play on my Switch. Um, I'll probably look into the Peach game when it comes out, but that's about it. Um, oh,
1: Switch players! Hogwarts Legacy comes out on next Monday for you. Just want to say that before I forget. Uh, finally, yes. <laughs> finally, yes, yeah, yeah. It's it actually to be, fair, to be fair, though, it does actually look uh, quite good on Switch. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've just seen. Uh, I have a low expectation, but I personally think it's fairly impressive for the Switch.
0: You can do some good stuff with the Switch if you have uh, the time to do it and like the knowledge because obviously you need to do stuff very differently from every other console but you know there have been some pretty decent like AAA ports like if you think of the Witcher um stuff like the new Doom games are running on there like you can do some stuff um I bet it's it looks way worse than the other versions but that's just kind of that's just the price you'll have to pay
1: (laughs) yeah that's the cost of entry
0: yeah, um, John. We're here. We have gathered on this uh, really disgusting uh, Tuesday evening. The weather is very bad. Um, to talk about Call of Duty, Modern Warfare yeah. Three, the, campaign,
1: the, the, is the, the campaign, campaign is out. The campaign is out. The campaign is out. Yeah. Nothing expected. else yet, right? No, it's. Um, they've started. They started this uh, last year, and I think it's a really good idea. Where with early access, you get the campaign a week early. And I think that just encourages a lot of people that are going to be pre-ordering anyway, that going to be banging straight onto multiplayer. It kind of gives them a weak, uh, no pressure to play the campaign. Now, it worked last year because one of the best things about last year's game was probably its campaign. So it left a pretty good, good first impression. Uh, I think they might go back on this uh, plan of <laughs> theirs to give the campaign away at early access because, all oh, buddy, did uh, this one go down badly? I think... Um, Discounting a few of the you know, famously unpopular games like Ghosts and Infinite Warfare, I think this is probably the worst campaign release I can remember for COD, Um, at least in terms of public reception. We'll talk about my own personal feelings, but it's not. I mean, my own feelings aren't that much higher. I'm just uh, slightly warmer to it than I think most people are. Um, Yes, yes, it came out last Thursday. I played it, banged it out that night before going away, and I couldn't believe when I was done because it ends so so abruptly i think what happened was they got to they did an act one and an act two and then they just couldn't they didn't have the time to finish in act three and that's why the campaign more than any other part of mw3 is a reminder that this is dlc being worked up into a full game this is where they thought we can cut costs a lot of people won't play it and you know, I mean, that, it's not, that's not entirely untrue. I went back to the PlayStation trophies to have a look this week because it's been interesting seeing, you know, the coverage around this. And, it, you know, it is true that only about uh, less than 20% of people or so complete the COD campaigns, at least based on the PlayStation trophies. Um, the last time that wasn't the case was 2017 with World War II. But, you know, at least in recent years, only about 20% of people get into the campaign and most people are just there for multiplayer. But if they're going to include it, I don't think that's... Uh, that, that's no excuse for it to be quite as uh, bad and as lazy as it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you've probably seen yourself, right? IGN gave it a four. As I say, I'm I'm a bit warmer than that, but not much. So so the main reason for anyone listening, just to, oh, we'll, we'll break it down and we'll talk about different aspects, but just to uh The main reason that I think it's being despised, and the biggest way that this is different to other COD campaigns, for those of you who won't buy it, is that um, unlike having a traditional COD game, which, you know, in the campaign, it's just like following. It's just like following the script of a Michael Bay movie, you're just going from one perfectly choreographed massive set piece to another, you know, you're going down a shooting gallery, then a cool little slower bit, then into fast big action bits again, and so they entirely dictate the pace, there's not, you know, it's not the kind of campaign where you're choosing things, it's just like watching an action movie, and it's meant to um, evoke those same feelings and that same excitement. But what they've done here is, rather than that, there's still one or two, there's still a few missions like that, but the bulk of this game, about two-thirds of it, is something called open combat, um, or missions that aren't strictly two that, thirds. but play in that way. Well, oh it's, technically, it's technically <laughs> half. There's six open combat, six full missions, but three of the full missions are really short. They're more like playable cutscenes than missions. So in, in length of playtime, people will spend the majority of their time doing this open combat stuff and there's a couple of missions that aren't labeled as open combat but play that way and in these missions you get dropped into like a um an area of a big br map either it's a part of the new map or it's actually a part of the dance the original Warzone map and you get dropped into like a locked off area of that like one was the size of dam you know they're they're, they're big they're the size of ground war maps and then you've got four objectives to do, like uh, you know, plant four trackers or destroy three choppers that are, you know, around the map. And you can choose the order you do it. And then there's a final thing, like reach X fill or something, and then you've completed the mission. So it plays like DMZ if anyone played that, where you're going onto these big maps and you're going around stealthily and completing objectives. And there are uh, there are people for who this will work. It's not that this is. This would work in a Spec Ops mode. If if, instead of Zombies, Spec Ops was the third mode, like it was in the original MW2, um, Mm. and like we had in MW3, this kind of style of gameplay and PvE gameplay and COD, as I say, it's not like it completely doesn't work. I had enjoyable moments and I've gone back to the open combat and tried to do them in the perfect way. But because that's so much the bulk of what you get in the campaign, there's very few set pieces or big moments and the storytelling just really suffers because, you know, there was one instance where I did um, one of these, uh, you know, I was just rushing to finish on the first day and I had like, uh, I was playing on Recruit just to literally finish the campaign quickly and just get through it. Um, and I had like, I, you know, in like GTA, when you get to like five stars, I'd set off all the alarms and people were chasing me and I was like, my screen was flashing red. I was close to dying. But I arbitrarily, I finished the fourth, uh, like I placed the fourth tracker on the thing while still being shot. And then it just instantly went to a (laughs) cutscene of like me silently finishing it. Silent but deadly. That's the way I work or something like that. Oh my God. Because they clearly didn't have time to kind of let you approach it in different ways. Or they weren't going to set it up with multiple cutscenes or anything that might make this kind of gameplay work. So it's just you do it and then you arbitrarily, okay, done, now we jump to the next one. Um, so, yes, the that's the bulk of what the campaign is played out with these kind of missions. that's how the bulk of the campaign is played with these kinds of missions. And a lot of people don't like it for good reasons. As I say, the storytelling suffers. You don't have those big set pieces. There are some people who the open combat thing just doesn't work. They don't like that. And, and you know, another big problem with it is that it relies so heavily on stealth gameplay. And it's the kind of thing that would work mm-hmm. in like a Metal Gear Solid or something. But that game has a thousand and one ways that you can do stealth and you can approach two guards in a building on a patrol. In COD, you've kind of just got melee from behind or use a suppressor to shoot them before they uh, trigger an alarm. Is it, is it like the got.
0: stealth system in last year's COD, which I've found to be really lacking in even basics of the genre? Like you don't even have like a detection meter.
1: Like... no you don't have a detection meter you can throw bottles <laughs> that's more than normal Dope. cards i guess um you know a classic and then they I hit think the you noise.
0: you could do that? that in the last one right at least in the alone mission
1: pretty sure yeah you could there's less than in the alone mission the alone mission had uh crafting <laughs> and you know yeah. uh things like that this this is a step back from that um yeah this is a step back from that so you know, a four out of ten, as I say, is what IGN gave just the campaign, and a few other reviewers are around that score. It's so much
0: better generally. Uh, the reception yeah. was uh, very negative.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm closer to a five, maybe even a 5.5, five, but it, it's not good. Like the first thing, we've got a review in progress that, you know, feel free to yeah. read. It's published live and, you know, I wrote it during the beta and then I've been updating it as we've seen more and more of the game. Um, and the first thing I had to write when I finished the campaign and I got in Friday and I started updating this review, which is just a, almost like a disclaimer right at the bottom, which was if you buy card for the campaign, skip this one. And you know, I say that as a cod apologist who always tries to see the best in these games and gets, you know, invariably hyped for each new one. I just had to say, if you buy it for campaign, don't buy this. You know, I, I still think there's a lot of people who MW three is going to be great and they're multiplayer players, but yeah, there's no getting around this is a bad uh, this is a bad campaign and the storytelling's. Uh, I mean what you do get so you get these wonderful cutscenes in between which has to where they have to do all of the storytelling and they still look good like uh, you know I'll give them that because they don't have to do many it's a short campaign but you know it's with the budget Activision have and the talented devs that they have working for them you know it does look beautiful and there are some there are some highlight characters that are very well voice acted and um, well actually acted because it's you know all mocap these days so there are a few highlights there but there's the story is, it's serviceable, you know, it's a serviceable COD plot, I guess. As The ending is, you know that thing I was saying about how it ends very abruptly at what feels like the end of an act two? Yeah. The thing that happens isn't necessarily bad, I don't think, but because it's not followed by something that explains it and because it feels undeserved in that moment, like it's it's hard for me to describe this in a non-spoilery way, but it's not that that thing that happens would necessarily be bad, but just that because it's done so lazily and there's nothing to follow it, it leaves a really bad taste in people's mouths. So I think, you know, th- th- this is all around a pretty uh, weak part of MW3 and it's left a really bad first impression. So, yeah, they'll probably cancel this uh, early access uh, early access campaign um, sort of release s- schedule they have at the moment.
0: You said there aren't, you talked about like the missing set pieces. Are there like, any highlight moments because i think that to me is really the reason to play this these campaigns uh, like you said they're like michael bay movies or something and i think the last one and the, the the last game was quite good in having like a variety of these moments because i'm thinking of like amsterdam which is like almost like a spy like mission you know you in the middle of the day you have a secret meeting and then things kind of go sideways um you have obviously the really great sniper mission you have alone but you do have the big moments where everything explodes like I'm thinking of the highway mission and um stuff like that do you have like anything like that in here or is it all just these spec we have spec ops at home <laughs> missions Yeah
1: there's <laughs> there's one or two there's one um so another part of this campaign that I think's worth mentioning is it's screaming like the the only thing that i think a lot of people will like about it is it's basically screaming at you of a dance remake is coming um <laughs> so much of this game is set it's in it a new version of
0: the, of the map
1: yes it's not like an old, the old version they've uh, they've kind of remade it in their uh, slightly upgraded engine or remade parts of it at least and they're basing it on the uh, year one version of Warzone, so not Verdansk eighty four that we got in year two of Warzone, but the year one original one. Um, and there's a few moments where you go back to Verdansk in the campaign. There's one where there's a terrorist attack, which I remember being quite a kind of uh, wow moment. Not, not really. There's one. Uh, I took. Oh, I took. Okay, okay. No, no. There's one highlight that I will give them unequivocally. Uh, The AC-130 gunship mission, they did a great job on that uh, last year, I thought, and they did a really good job again this year. And it's surprising. um... I just quite respect the devs and the game designers uh, and the writers especially who are able to make those missions interesting and compelling where you've got, you know, you're just looking at a black and white thermal image oh, pardon me, Um, well, you're just looking at a black and white thermal image for the entire mission, um, and you're just, you know, shooting down rockets, machine guns, or or, uh, Predator missiles. I think it's surprising how good they've got, or, or, you know, it's impressive how good they've got uh, at making those missions. And the one here really was a highlight. And also that thing I was saying about good characters, Graves is absolutely one of those characters, the kind of uh, evil um, private military contractor who operates this AC-130 gunship. So it's that, that's a highlight, but there aren't many, no, there aren't many.
0: Uh, well, it um, sounded like a huge misfire, which is a shame because I am, um, you know, in terms of, like, gameplay, staging, um, yeah, kind of, I would say, the forcefulness of the storytelling, I always found um, card campaigns to be entertaining. I had huge fun uh, with a lot of them. Um, the, the last one we really played a lot, uh, the last one before Modern Warfare was like Advanced Warfare, which I thought was really good. Uh, you know, let's let's put aside all of the very problematic propaganda bullshit that is part of this. But I, I am a big fan uh, of the fact that they're still doing these. And uh, it, it is a shame that they are, it's just another fact about this quote-unquote game, which uh, just really annoys me. Like, I, I, I would have almost no issues with this if this was sold as DLC, and I'm yeah, sure a lot yeah. of people would be feel the same. They could but even, no, they it could has even charge
1: the same price. They could even charge like there are games like um, there are games out there that charge the same for their year two expansion as they did for the base yeah, like game. Like Destiny.
0: Yeah, like for example,
1: for example, there exactly MMOs, and it's not you know people don't love that price model, but it's not it just seems so much more honest. But with this campaign, as I say, you just it's so obvious that this is where they thought, okay, we don't have much time. The real focus here is obviously Warzone and multiplayer, but it's just it's it's so lazy. It makes me think maybe they should have even gone the Black Ops Four route. But if there was no campaign, you know they're in a rough, they're, they're in a bit of a between a uh, rock and a hard place because with no campaign it'd probably be even worse the feeling that you weren't getting value with this year's card
0: yeah it's i don't know it sounds awful i i and it's sad like it's a shame um it's it's also it's weird because i i read um our colleague lucas had a great interview with the developers um ahead of release uh which i think came out the day the campaign was launched and they talked about the open combat stuff and on paper it doesn't sound like a terrible idea it actually sounds kind of cool like it it, it it sounded more like like you said like a method of assault where like you can choose your loadout you can go into missions different ways and stuff but the that I think it's like the design that then kind of fails this, where it's like, like you said, these are like fetch quests, basically.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lack of depth there. The core idea isn't isn't bad, no. Because no. I
0: was thinking, like, do you remember the first like full mission in the last campaign where you are in, in the fake Arab country? I forgot what it's called. Kazakhstan. <laughs> and you are the uh, American soldier guy, and you are hunting the terrorist and you are like going from house to house, and you are like... Um,
1: that, that does not m- narrow it down for a uh, COG campaign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cool mission, and I thought, I thought it would be more like this, where it's like, oh, like, like in Metal Gear, what Metal, made Metal Gear Solid Five was so amazing, and I'm not saying Call of Duty has to be like that, but I just wish one game would even come close to the greatness of that one. Uh, anyway, um, it's like you would have a village, and an entire village it'd be like let's say a dozen houses and there would be controls and everything every uh, everywhere and you could like uh, uh, um, um have like a, a looking glass thing and like mark enemies mark important uh um points turrets whatever and you wouldn't really know where the target is you would have to find out and then you'd be like okay i I'm taking my sniper, rifle. I'm taking my shotgun, I'm taking whatever. I'm, you have like a million different ways to approach this. And on paper, it sounds like they're kind of trying to come closer to that, but yeah, it just sounds like spec ops at yeah, Like, and I'm not even sure if it sounds like old spec ops to me, it's kind of sounds more like the newer, uh, version of Spec Ops which is uh, dreadful.
1: <laughs> the god awful one from MW Three Nineteen. It's uh, not quite as bad as that. That was that was that was r- awful. I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, but yeah. But yes, it definitely feels closer to that than a normal campaign for sure. I mean, this is why I'm struggling or why I'm sort of. I mean, in my overall, just for. Context for when I rate a card, and we'll put a rating score on it when the full game's out. And I played like zombies and stuff. Normally, uh for the previous games, I d- you know the campaign doesn't rank too highly for me, but it will have to factor in. And I just can't. It can do nothing but take points away from what you know from where they've otherwise impressed me in multiplayer. But what makes it difficult is it 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 can be fun. Like there, like I as I say, I've replayed uh, a lot of the open combat missions. And they were the ones that I went back and I've done in on Veteran. And one of them is particularly good, Gora Dam. Um, so that, ugh, there's something there, but, you know, they should have known this was never going to go down for most people for the campaign. And and as you said, most people want the Michael Bay movie experience. This, 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 this could have been a third mode, but even then no one would have played it. I, I don't know. It's an excuse. It's an excuse for a campaign. Yeah.
0: It's an excuse for a game. <laughs> yeah, I That's mean... Okay
1: yeah god and we also got news about the full release and it's just there's going to be so much bloat because uh, because you know everything they're doing reaffirms that this is year two because they're having uh, just another thing before we move on from cod yeah. they also released this week that they're bringing in the old maps the best of the modern warfare 2 maps so we're getting modern warfare 2 maps as well as modern warfare 3 maps but they're also bringing back all the guns so Modern Warfare Three is going to launch with one hundred and thirteen guns and all what? the attachments. Loads of the attachments are shared. Yeah, there's going to be like honestly seventy plus optics or something insane. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just so much blow. I, I mean, yeah, this is. It's just been poorly uh, mishandled. This whole approach to MW Two as a two year project. Um, and, you know, they tried to dishonestly spin their way out of it, and so here we are. So I'm sure because the campaign left that bad first impression, this will get... It'll hurt the overall review scores of the game, to be sure.
0: Probably the overall impression, at least, like, initial impression. I'm interested to see how um the kind of cod honeymoon phase goes over because like in the first month everyone loves cod right everyone who plays it always loves the new cod yeah it is fun it's like it's like the same with fifa it's like i i recently talked to i recently played the new fifa for the first time with our fifa lead lucas uh other lucas than the one i mentioned before um and we were just sitting there and be like yeah this is pretty fun man like it's pretty good and then like in two months he'll sit there and like uh uh question his life choices because he's still playing this game um i wonder how that will go down with cop because i i just don't see the longevity of this like um just like kind of throwing aimlessly throwing nostalgia at people i don't see that working out uh I, I, that's not a viable plan to me
1: not uh, long term no the nostalgia will wear off quicker than the nostalgia will wear off quickly yeah Maybe I just. Even during the beta, uh, that thing of, oh my God, I'm on favela again, uh, was gone for me by weekend two. And I was like, no, vote to skip, vote to skip. I want to play Skid Row. Um, (laughs) I I, I agree that nostalgia won't last for too long. And, you know, inevitably there will be a huge fall off of players because after the cod hype. I think this game is fundamentally sound enough that it will. I think there's. I think with the remaining you know I know it's a smaller and dwindling community but with the 6v6 community and then the competitive community play a lot of ranked I do think there's a core subset of players who will just like the changes to multiplayer so much that they'll be able to uh, retain players better than MW2 did but yes the kind of casual players or the older players that might be coming from nostalgia they won't they won't stay for too long they won't they won't be staying for too long um no
0: We'll see. Full release is full release is on uh, Friday, right? November
1: nine. No, Friday. 10? Yeah, November ten. I mean, it's it's uh, regional rollout for consoles, so local time wherever you are or wherever your uh, console <laughs> uh, date or time is set to, and then on PC it's uh, globally at nine PM PT. So I think you know Europe early morning on the Friday, something like that.
0: Lovely, and we'll see. We'll see what happens we'll see how it goes down
1: uh, i mean it's it's a cod uh, it's a uh, it's, it's a strange market isn't it it's like fifa i don't expect it to get uh, good ratings i don't expect it to get a good uh, overall rating i think that's fair i think that's really fair but at the same time i kind of also know it'll be a uh, you know it's it's a cod it's going to be commercially successful uh and yeah, decimated yep. by the critics, I imagine. But uh, no, I, I'm still, I'm still pretty hyped for. It. I'm still pretty hyped, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about that uh, in the coming, in the coming months, in the coming weeks. But should we awesome. turn maybe now to a traditional rival of Activision in this shooter space, uh, Bungie? Well, less so now. The landscape's changed a lot, and especially Bungie have. But uh, should we go on to our next somewhat sadder piece of news?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, do you want to take it, or do you want me to go?
1: You go. You go uh so
0: this was a very sad thing uh bungee announced i think it was first revealed by justin shrine and officially confirmed that Bungie has laid off i think around uh 100 people um is the number i read which i think was like around uh eight percent of their staff or something like that which is quite a lot Um, quite a lot
1: when they're supposedly working on um you know multiple projects at the moment yeah uh
0: they are and like as part of this which hasn't this part hasn't been officially confirmed yet but uh, schreier said so so it's probably true uh that all of the projects have been delayed internally so um they're currently working on a destiny 2 expansion called the final shape which um is supposed to be kind of like the end game of destiny 2 kind of uh, start the last phase of that game and um that is now supposed to be released um i think late next year i don't know if it had a release date so far but i think the expectation was that it will come like early next year at the latest uh maybe even this year already uh that's coming next year and um marathon the next game has also been pushed to 2025 i even heard that like Marathon's a big trouble because <laughs> they uh, internally, kind of secretly, had Tarkov streamers play the game. And they asked them, because it's an extraction shooter based uh, inspired by Tarkov, and they asked them, like, hey, if Marathon would come out, like, this month or, like, now, would you play it? And none of them said yes. Um, so they need more time to work that one out and
1: yeah that's rough you can imagine the uh, <laughs> the room with the uh smiley faced uh you know uh public relations people okay guys now for the next question <laughs> oh that must have been uh tough for them that's a shame uh, i yeah. I, th- I never had high hopes for marathon because that bizarre announcement trailer i think uh didn't set me up to be too thrilled or confident but uh no it's a shame it's a shame to hear I mean I, trad- I love Bungie as a company traditionally, it's, traditionally and it's a shame uh, it's a shame to see them suffering like this but they've got other things they're working on at the moment as well right you uh, mentioned the Destiny thing then we've got Marathon I think is those this- are the main yeah. ones okay I think okay. those are the main
0: ones they are kind of working in general with Sony which is really funny so so the thing why they laid all these people off is that uh Bungie's in pretty big trouble um there was there was talk that um they missed their yearly targets by 40% in terms of revenue which is which is a lot of percent um and is quite bad and i think it kind of points to a thing that has been in the air for a while which is that destiny 2 is like stagnating at best and po- probably losing a lot of players um Generally, just because it's been going on for so long and, and, and one of the problems that has been kind of revealed by the Shre reports very
1: high barrier to entry these days as well. But carry on.
0: Yes, exactly. That's one of the main issues. And like um one of the things that came out was that people inside Bungie were like for months telling like um the higher-ups like, yeah, like we are having issues like this game's having issues and uh it's these these things. Um uh, the community is unhappy with these things, and the game is way too convoluted, and there's way too many microtransactions. All of these things, and they were ignored, and it ultimately um, it happened what they said, which is that the game is kind of dying, and as a consequence, uh, obviously none of the decision makers or high ups were uh, fired, but the <laughs> people lower down in the ranks, especially a lot of like community managers, community facing people, uh, obviously people from all all over Bungie, but i think kind of uh, community based um uh, workers have been hit especially hard like i said around 100 people and it's not looking great like um it's kind of funny um maybe the 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 last interesting factoid is that it was said that without sony buying them which happened last year if you remember for 3.6 billion dollars which now it's looking even more ridiculous of a price <laughs> um it, it's been said that Bungie would be in serious trouble like of, of having to close potentially um, well I mean as you were yeah. saying
1: about the uh, the losing players I just uh, no, no carry on I was just saying no. uh, that I went in the um just just quietly in the background checked out the steam charts and since launch I had the lowest player count uh, on record for the last 30day count. Uh, it's going through that now, um, and last month, October was uh, the second worst on record. There was a brief uh, peak earlier in the year when a new raid came out. I think that was in March. But yes, at least based on the numbers in front of me, I'm seeing lots of red, lots of uh, minus game, and uh, it looks like rough times for Destiny indeed. So yeah, so you're saying they were maybe on the brink of even closing this year if they hadn't been bought out?
0: Uh, yeah, but and it was just like reeks of like complete mismanagement like destiny 2 has been kind of in the ropes so many times and then they would like release a really good add-on release like a really good new mode or a new raid and uh or even if those things were not good they would get people back at least for a little bit and it was always kind of this like plaster or plaster and eventually you can't fix thing like you need to kind of systematically fix this thing because uh, you can only introduce so many fun rainbow-colored guns uh, until people kind of ultimately get sick of your shit. And it, yeah, has been terribly mismanaged. Like, quite obviously, this is now coming. This th- this is, to me, kind of the lesson of this whole story. Um, yeah,
1: it, it's it's poor long-term planning of yeah. a, a kind of MMO-style game like this. Because it's just, when they add, as you were saying earlier, each month to try and win people back, they'll, it's a new novel thing, like a gun. But uh, Destiny, even Destiny 1 was a bit guilty of this, would add uh, not just new items, but whole new systems. Yeah. And especially because Destiny's got that, uh, which are inexplicably to me, that strong desire, it seems, to always uh, label things in a really obscure way. <laughs> You know, they can't just call it upgrade material. It's uh, um, Valkyrite. yeah. Engram yeah. <laughs> crystals of, uh, yes, yeah, some made-up sci-fi word. So I remember uh, when it became free-to-play or at some point, maybe even in 2022, not too long ago, but at least a year now, I went back and tried to get back into it with some friends that, uh, we, you know, we played a lot of Destiny 1, we played Destiny 2 on launch for quite a bit. And goodness me, I was just hit with an absolute wall. Yeah, I just... I, just, I I felt nauseous and bored and tired within five yeah. minutes. As soon as I saw that, because you, you get into the um, the tower if you haven't played in a while, you know, with your light level thousands below the peak at that point, <laughs> and you've got all these notifications. Now go talk to this person. Now go to Mars and do this thing to work out how this thing works. And it's I I understand why they need to keep you know, as you say, patching those things on to re- um, reinvigorate interest. But wow, it makes without letting it become overly complex. But I think at this point, it just needs a a reset back to a much more minimal approach with fewer things so people can get into it again. You know, much like uh, people have been saying about Siege for the last few years, it's got to a point where there's just so much going on that it's only the diehards left and it just needs a full reset down to like, you know, in that case, uh, 20 agents, operators, whatever you call it. It's operators, isn't it, Siege? Whatever, Yeah. but 20 of them. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we need the same here. We need a Destiny three at this point. But you're absolutely right. It's just been poor, poor long term management. I mean, I mean, maybe Marathon will be. Oh no, no, no. Obviously not. I was about to say <laughs> maybe Marathon will be the thing that saves them. But your last point was that um, it's later not looking Tarkot good so far. It's terrible. So yeah, ignore that plan. Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. Like. <laughs> I will, um, there there are two points I want to make. Uh, um, one is a funny one, which is, if you remember a few months ago, another Shreier report, he's our Lord and Savior, uh, where he revealed that the Last of Us multiplayer game is not going well and that the development is essentially on ice. And
1: Yeah, I remember
0: part of that reveal was that because a part a, a one reason why Bungie was acquired by Sony was because they're making this major push towards gas towards games as a service and they wanted Bungie on to basically um support studios in that and like show the way on like how to make a successful game a service game a long-term service game and maybe there wasn't quite they weren't quite up to the task uh, uh, sh- uh, kind of showing what uh, this this current crisis reveals because according to the last of us report it was uh, uh, part of why the game was kind of uh, sort of put on ice was because bungie said no we don't see the longevity in this we don't see this working out and like Destiny 2 also doesn't seem to be working out, at least in this phase. So uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird and ironic, and maybe they weren't quite yeah. as qualified for this as Sony thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe The Last of Us is, uh, you know, if, if it followed the factions, the multiplayer from the first game, it yeah. would have been more minimal by design. So maybe that actually would have uh, worked out. No, I, I completely agree with you. They clearly weren't maybe the best people to have chosen for that task. It's a shame as well, because, God, I would love to see um, some form of The Last of Us pvp in some yeah. form um if, if they completely abandoned that project by the way just a bit tangential but if they completely abandon the uh it was going to be this live service kind of open worldy thing right in the last of us i would rather they just if, if they're not going to do that at least give me some kind of really half-baked dlc charge me 20 even 30 dollars <laughs> if you feel you have to to please the shareholders and just give me some kind of last of us pvp because i love that uh, engine and their gameplay yeah. for it but yeah maybe it's never to be
0: yeah um we'll see the last thing i want to briefly talk about is that um this was for me personally and i think for a lot of people kind of the uh, straw that broke their camel's back in terms of how horrible uh this year has been for the games industry obviously in terms of just like the games that were released it's arguably the best year of all time but uh, in terms of what happened in the industry, it's been catastrophic. Um, I saw multiple reports saying even before this Bungie report, I don't, I don't know where exactly his number is, that but that over six thousand people in the industry lost their jobs. Uh, I think most notably, Epic got rid of like over eight hundred employees. Um, just be, uh, just a month, a month or so before boasting that Fortnite has the highest player count of all time
1: um it leaves a really horrible taste in your yeah. mouth doesn't it uh just yeah. knowing how it's it's really nasty because you know that that you also know with epic they're making such ridiculous profits anyway they could have kept all these people on and i think still Easily. been in you know made uh absurd revenues but you know yeah. such is the such is the way of the world
0: I, I don't know exactly like the numbers with Bungie. i don't know uh, how much money the CEOs make? How much money the company generally makes? Um, but there was one key detail in the reports where um, employees were talked about talked with like, "Hey, it's not looking good. We will have to cut costs." And uh, people asked like, "Is one of the options cutting bonuses for CEOs?" And the answer was no. <laughs> uh, which you know,
1: which that was that left in the anonymous uh, questions box. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's 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 fucking depressing. Like, honestly, it's so, so horrible to see what's happening to all of these amazing studios. Like, Destiny 2 is an that, amazing um... game, but like, it's fucking Bungie, okay? Like, a lot of that
1: investor money from COVID, a lot of that really cheap, easy to access yeah. venture capitalist VC money is not there anymore. It's uh, You're absolutely right. It's been an awful year. It's been a great year for gamers, awful year for uh, game developers. It's been bad for esports as well. They're calling it the uh, the winter of esports with uh, whole franchises. It feels like every week we're covering a new org that's been, you know, had to it's be uh, bought yeah. out by another, not just FaZe, but a ton of brands are... Uh, yeah, uh really suffering from this kind of, you know, as I say great for gamers, but now we're post covid, a lot of that investor money in the space is uh pulling out or drying up quite quickly. Um you know, the- we can only we can only hope for a better year next year for developers, I suppose.
0: Uh, yeah, but I am I am frankly not very hopeful. It really feels like in many ways uh multiple big bubbles within within the gaming industry are, are bursting and I think um this is probably we we've probably now passed the peak like 2023 was in many ways the peak uh a peak profits uh peak number of quality games um the quality of those games was incredible like and this is probably only continuing to get worse in in many ways like I think this was uh I hope everyone enjoyed it it was it was it was fantastic and I and I frankly don't think it's ever gonna get this good ever again like maybe in like 15 years or so but I think the near future looks very dire if you think of like how how are these studios seem supposed to like like what are these studios supposed to do with like six thousand people are gone like entire studios are gone and uh, yeah hundreds of people within bungee with an epic like what how are they supposed to even like make these incredible new games. And we will get to another story soon that might give you the answer. And That feeds directly into and, this. And yeah. it makes me even more angry. Um, should we just go there now? Uh, should we just while, go there, while there, I have there this right energy now? Of,
1: because it, because it, it, it uh, does feed directly into this. Uh, yes, it's one of the ways that um, <laughs> investors and CEOs are gonna uh, manage costs and keep those bonuses flowing. Uh, is that Xbox recently signed a big deal. They're going all in on AI, Microsoft, and that's also going to apply to gaming. And they recently announced a deal with a company called InWorld AI, who are a classic Silicon Valley AI company, and they're going to be working with them to create uh, tools that Microsoft Game Studio uh, developers can use to basically uh, write NPC dialogue for them uh, they tried to dress it up but it seems very much like that's what they're going to be using this for it's basically using chat GBT to write dialogue Um, yeah, Yeah, yeah it's depressing as you say it's really depressing, especially in a year. Uh, you know, uh, like Baldur's Gate three oh came God. out this year, and I remember having the, uh, the sort of a lot. Of the talk around the time is, oh, won't this be great? Won't developers, you know, yeah, won't they learn from this? Won't they kind of borrow from <laughs> this? But they won't learn any of the right lessons. They'll just think, oh, we should do CRPGs. Oh, people like lots of dialogue, huh? Well, let's. Uh, Let's open up ChatGPT and get some help here, which is obviously the wrong message. I think it will kind of always be apparent to um, audiences when I, I, we haven't seen this much in games yet, but I bet it will be really obvious in games where it's being used. I mean, it, it depends how this is implemented. I should back up because we, we've only got a vague announcement. So it might be that they still plan to use writers for you know, the tailored characters, the cutscenes, the overall storytelling, the overall plots for games. And maybe it'll be like random side NPCs who would normally get no dialogue, like Farmer 3, who lives in the butt end of nowhere in like a big open world Assassin's Creed game. And now instead, that person will basically be like uh, embodied by ChatGPT. Um maybe it'll be approached in that way. And so, you know, the bulk of stories will still be well-written and well-tailored and well tailored and will still get, you know, great storytelling, but it will just help them save resources when they need to kind of pad out these big open worlds. But that's the most optimistic, uh, you know, that's, that's the most optimistic way of looking at it. It's more likely they just use this to slowly replace writers and hope that they can lower, you know, save costs there, but make games that sell just as well. I, I guess that's what they're yeah, probably, probably more likely going for. Yeah,
0: probably. Uh, like you said, the announcement is very vague. Uh, they just say, yeah, like, um, um, what's the, what's the wording? Let me look at it. Um, um, proud to announce a partnership to bring the power of generative AI and GPT to empower game developers in storytelling and character creation we're making tools for game makers on every platform to help creators express their vision (laughs) Uh, yeah I don't know about that one um I yeah like you say it's probably um gonna start the way you think also because these tools are not great yet um they're... They're,
1: they're they're functionally useful for certain things, but especially when it comes to uh, storytelling. Yeah, 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 I think it's just gonna feel so flat. You know, you you. you... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like there are like, um, clips out there of people implementing these in-world tools in existing games. There's like a GTA Five mod we're using this, and it's just like pathetically bad, and also a huge issue which will ex- eventually explode i think is is kind of w- w- with uh, large language models and, and and in general is, is kind of the rights issue because uh these these the way these modules generate anything is by taking existing things and basically remixing them um which hasn't been figured out yet legally and i think uh this is what in inworld's tools also do in a way so far so that's that's a huge minefield as well which i think will become prevalent in the next uh, few years uh eventually this will become a big deal uh, that companies like microsoft will have to deal with and i just don't see like maybe i'm being naive maybe i just want to like cling on to humanity but i i just don't see this panning out in the long run i can't imagine people actually wanting this uh for like uh like you say like especially for front-facing main writing if yeah like villager 4 in the 20th village that i see in the witcher 5 has like ai generated lines that sound okay then it's like whatever it kind of blends into it and it, it makes sense to use these tools when they're efficient and the, the quality is like okay enough um, but i also agree with you that i do not think that's the end goal here i think it is to completely uh, um, um kind of um substitute the way we currently do writing and, and acting and storytelling with with these machines and i i am really sad about this i think this is a terrible this is a, a terrible development and terrible news Now, Microsoft, you know, they have uh, infinite money to spend. Maybe they're just, like, throwing um, a few million here uh, in their direction and it won't really go anywhere. But we'll see. I am am quite cynical about this whole thing.
1: What (laughs) terrible uh, episode of news for our poor listeners. The MW3 campaign is shit bungie of firing everyone and xbox want to replace their writers with chat it's uh i tell you I t- you're absolutely right enjoy it while you can folks enjoy 2023 <laughs> while you can because it's not going to be like this for a good while i think it's going to be i think the industry is going to look very different before we have another year that competes with this one uh this um, one
0: not happen we're yeah, like no. this is like capitalism 101 right there's always peaks and valleys uh the 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 people at the top have squeezed as much money as, out of this as they can and now there's going to be best gamers I mean we already have a recession in 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 terms of global uh, uh economics and th- th- this is now reaching games and 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 kind of I think um the, the AI business is a terrible terrible, addition to that, I think. It it kind of things fall together that it shouldn't fall together. Because it it I, I, I'm one hundred percent sure it's like a strong motivator for these companies to be even more ruthless, to cut even more. They do not give a oh, shit yeah. about these people, obviously. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. so now they see this thing and they're like, oh panicked we can-
1: CEOs. Yes, exactly.
0: We, we we can just generate uh hundreds of lines of dialogue. In a second with this machine like why do i ever need a writer again like completely um dismissing the idea of art itself (laughs) um and yeah we'll see obviously it's not not going to be like the case that i'm pretty sure that fable will not have
1: not used this i
0: hadn't even
1: considered that oh god (laughs) Oh my word, my excitement turned to ash in my mouth that you wouldn't hear. Even the thought of that. Oh no, please, the, please say it. In, say.
0: John, let me make it worse. I'm 100% sure that uh, the sequel to Fable will use this uh, yeah. to some degree. Yeah, well. And I'm also 100% sure that you will notice. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs>
1: God, it'll take you right out of a moment. Even, even though yeah. it's kind of cool, uh, the idea of it—that say, you know, even if it was in the way that we liked, that maybe Villager Seven uh, or whatever uh, can respond to you with amazing ChatGPT-like uh, articulation—I just think it would actually. I think it'll. I think it'll take me out of the immersion quite a lot. Um, yeah, but yes, when when it's kind of very obvious that that's what's being done. But we'll see. These are a, a number of negative, uh, a number of negative news stories. But you know, that's the takeaway. Enjoy twenty twenty three while you can, um, and in, yeah, enjoy these, uh, enjoy the games.
0: Play Cocoon.
1: Sorry, was a, that was such a nonsense, <laughs> dribbling sentence. I just don't have good news, and I wanted to end on a more positive note. We, we've got some stuff to look forward to, right? We've got some stuff to look forward to this week.
0: Wait, let, let's briefly talk about Baldur's Gate, because there was yeah. uh, the Baldur's there Gate go. thing.
1: Okay, yeah, good news. There's good news. Yes, you're right. In early December, guys, it's just been announced. Well, it hasn't been announced. Okay, so this happened weirdly. Alika <laughs> said, guys, X, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be released on Xbox on December 6th. That's also good for those of you who are interested in crossplay because they it yeah. believe that crossplay will be implemented when Xbox is, or that will become the new big focus for the team. There's someone uh, with a very public facing role. Can't remember exactly who he does. Big on Twitter who kind of represents Larian. Uh, maybe community manager or creative. I, I can't remember exactly. He has a who he weird does, title. He's like Larian.
0: publishing manager or something. I will look it like up. up.
1: Yes, yeah, you're right. But he's, he's he's great to follow. He's an interesting character. And he's uh, yeah. He seems like a good guy. But he basically said uh, replied to this leaker and said, no this isn't true, or if it is true, I haven't heard about this, and, you know, he's very high up at Larian, Uh, so he's basically saying this, I don't know where this kind of leak is coming from, but then he said, we are aiming for an Xbox release still uh, before 2024. So, he kind of confirmed it's coming in December, but not December 6th, I guess? I
0: I, I don't know, it's kind of weird, because he also said, um, yeah, uh, someone... Uh, so, sorry, let me, let me just clarify. This is Michael Dow's director of publishing. Uh, he's on Twitter with the handle at Cromwell or very AFK as his, what's that name called again? They're like your, your uh, oh, front facing name. Okay. Um, and yeah, there are people who obviously a lot of people commented on this because he, he quoted a story and said news to me. And then someone said, Oh, so you're, you only have a month to to do this and he's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, like is said it basically saying it will be December um, it might it might it might be December 8, you know like um maybe it's not like maybe somewhere somewhere in in someone's in Xbox's system or something there's like a placeholder date or something that's like December six, which would be a Wednesday, by the way and december 8 would be a friday when games usually release so definitely it 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 seems clear that you should expect it around there somewhere but we'll see if it's that exact date or a few days later if i were them i wouldn't do it too much later because like i don't think you want to release your huge rpg right in the middle of the christmas season i think like early december would be perfect and you kind of get into it slowly and then oh, like yeah. over christmas break you can like fully uh f- fully dive into 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 the world's no what's it called Yeah, for sure uh All right. the, world's the world between feyroon feyroon
1: oh so are we talking about the world of, you, you're you in in D? yeah yeah oh the material plane
0: oh yeah it's, that's the, fine, it's the
1: plane of existence and it's the continent yeah. of feyroon yes uh yeah so yeah, that's yeah. good oh no the world of feyroon yes yeah um, it's great news yeah. i've got um a, well uh I've got uh, there's friends who are playing Baldur's Gate three, but one of us got a uh, new PC just before it came out and was playing on that, and then the other three are playing on PlayStation. So we can't wait. Chris, early Christmas would be great because there'll be lots of time people at home playing, not bang in the middle of Christmas because obviously you'll be busy with family stuff, but around that time. Yeah. I think it'll be great if we can dive in with you know all four of us. Um, which yeah. So I really hope that crossplay does come with the uh, Xbox launch. Thank goodness we've got some positive yep. news. We have some positive <laughs> news to end up. Sorry, stuff. John.
0: I feel like I've been especially downer this episode. No,
1: no, no, it's it's warranted. It's perfectly warranted.
0: Uh, but we do have things to look forward to. There is um, the full release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 uh, Part 2. No, uh, you know what I mean.
1: Uh, I know what you mean. The new
0: Call of Duty is coming, fully coming out this Friday, November 10. Uh, sorry. I have to clean my throat there. Uh, that's everything, right? Multiplayer, Warzone. Everything. That's
1: the lot. The lot. Zombies. Zombies. zombies yeah. Yes. Oh no, uh, The wars and integration is later. It, it's okay. just multiplayer zombies first. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, that um, that's fun. Play play those twenty-year-old maps. Uh, they're still good. Some of them. Um, anything else to say about that, John?
1: Uh, we'll we'll talk more extensively yeah. on it when I'm back. You'll play yes. it all weekend, right? My my player. Oh, you better believe it. Very <laughs> very few hours breaks. Um, uh, I will say. For yeah, that that would be my one takeaway on that. If you if you like the campaigns or you buy for the campaigns, do skip this one. But uh, I do recommend it if you're if you're into six three six. But yeah,
0: yeah, the multiplayer is always fun. Can't 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 deny that. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I'm looking forward to. What is I think already out by the time of the listeners podcast is a brand new Yakuza game john or is there now called like a dragon oh my
1: god Um i don't i hate that uh title shift by the way but carry
0: me too it's just like because in japan it was always called like a dragon and because they fought in the 2000s like oh we can't sell that they called it yakuza in the west and now that yakuza is established in the west they decided to change it back i'm not quite sure why um and the worst thing is that Yakuza 7 in the West is called Yakuza colon like a dragon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is such a mouthful. It's a horribly named game.
0: I love these games so much, but the naming conventions are uh, dreadful. Anyway, there's a new one. There's a new one. And um, it's called The Man Who Erased His Name. Which the
1: man it? who erased his name. So this is Yakuza, colon, like a dragon, colon, <laughs> the man who erased his name. No,
0: no more Yakuza, <laughs> just like a dragon. I
1: think... Okay, like a dragon, colon, the man who erased his name. Yeah. Okay, Oh, like a dragon Gaiden. Is not it? Like a dragon Gaiden. Gaiden. Yeah, true, Gaiden. true. Like I've... a dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his I name. I forgot about
0: the Gaiden Christ. thing. Uh, it's so confusing. And it's even more confusing if you look into what this game is, because it's a spin-off, um, which is an interstitial episode in the grander plot of Yakuza. Uh, and it shows it's 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 set. <laughs> this is gonna st- start sounding like Star Wars because it's set between Episode Six and Seven. <laughs> it's it's set between Game Yakuza Six and Seven. Um,
1: <clears throat>
0: in Yakuza Zero till Six, you play as Kiryu Kazuma. And in Yakuza Seven, they started um, telling a new story with a new main character. But spoiler for Yakuza Seven, Kiryu appears in it and they explain what happened between because in yakuza 6 it was like labeled as the end of kiryu it's the end of a story big drama tears everything it's like he had, they had this big goodbye right and then he came back because he's one of the most iconic characters ever they can't get rid of him uh, so in this one you play him between yakuza 6 and 7 and and they show like what happened in that time and how he ended up in that game and it's like a smaller version of the familiar Yakuza formula it's only around like 30, 40 hours long. Usually these games are around more like depending how much you do, like sixty to hundred. Um and it sounds really good. Like reviews have been pretty positive. Um one of our colleagues has been playing it, she's gonna review it this week. She said just
1: uh just to slip in there quickly, when you said it was a bit shorter, just for people at home, it is cheaper as well. It's not a full uh you know eighty dollar game. I think it's like fifty dollars. But yeah, carry on. I
0: think it might be even less. Um I think it might be forty. Oh no it is 50 okay um which is like i said this before and i always say this you really get bang for your buck with yakuza like these are incredibly fun incredibly dense games you get so much content um and yeah uh, i'm i'm quite looking forward to checking this out um probably when i'm when i come back from my vacation um i'm a big yakuza fan and uh, i love kiryu so this is gonna be great and then of course. In late January, we get the best titled game of 2024, Like a Dragon 8 Infinite Wolf, Um, which is the next mainline big Yakuza game. That's the next one that's going to be like 150 hours long and and, and so on. And this is kind of like a little taster to a little bridge until then to, to keep people afloat
1: so we've got we got some stuff in 2024 to look forward to already. That's nice. That's nice. I have uh, to if say, we do a, uh, if we do like an episode like mm. the first of January, we could do a oh, what's in 2024? And maybe Yakuza, not Yaku- like a Dragon Eight will uh, feature potentially. Uh,
0: it definitely will because it's like one of. Two games I'm excited about. <laughs> there, I checked. I checked the releases for 2024, and there really isn't a lot. <laughs> um, gonna,
1: in my mind, GTA Six has already been confirmed for November. No, uh, November no, 2024.
0: No, no, that's not happening. Unless they AI generate that game. Um, just Hello. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that's gonna happen. That's like so. There's there's Yakuza. There's Final Fantasy. And that's about it in terms of like AAA games. I think uh, there's a bunch of a st- bunch of smaller stuff I'm excited about. Hades two is supposed to come out next year, and I love Hades one, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, stuff like that, but it's gonna be. I hope people are ready that uh, for it to be a lot drier than it was this year, especially in terms of like AAA releases. I think there's gonna be a lot of like smaller stuff, a lot of surprises, but it's not gonna be like this year where we got like a dozen amazing triple a games and like a diablo zelda yeah. spiderman man Wake, i'm a core Starfield, uh, i could i could keep going uh, it's it's it's, it's going to be way way less of that
1: is ubisoft's star wars outlaws next year um
0: i think i need to check because i think this was there uh, do you remember I, I don't know if you talked about it on the show but there was this thing where they had like this earnings call and they said in that call that Skull Bones is delayed but they also said that um, <laughs> a a one of their major titles is also delayed and it wasn't they didn't say the name but people thought it must be Star Wars because there's really nothing else that this could the description could fit and i don't know when it said it was delayed too it, it could come out next year considering that like massive uh, I, I think that's the name of the studio right they're working on avatar which is coming next month and they're also working on the division three so they're quite busy so <laughs> i i wouldn't be surprised if star wars gets pushed to 2025 but i think it's supposed to come out next year yeah
1: okay well that could be something well and i'm excited for that
0: we will probably get assassin's creed read whatever that will end up being named the the japan assassin's creed um yeah just kind of that uh, not based on anything concrete just like would make sense time wise <laughs> uh, that we would this will finally be done like Valhalla well, is what like four years old at this point um, so there, there's gonna be some stuff but it, it won't be it won't be nearly as big as this which is fine by me I'm kind of tired of having to play a brand new game every two weeks <laughs> or every two days
1: <laughs> well you can uh, and you know you can think of 2024 as your catch up year you yeah, can yeah. Go back and uh, enjoy everything from this year you yeah. might have
0: missed. Play Vemba. I'm just shouting. Out. I'm just going to keep shouting at random shouting games either I'm playing in now. Game Pass.
1: That, yeah. It sounds like we're ready for a wrap, huh? Yeah. Nice. Okay, good stuff. Well, enjoy your holiday. Much you. deserved. Thank have you. a great time. Have a good journey. Travel safe. And, uh, well, I. Yeah, I guess. Some switch games, but probably uh, probably not so much. I don't know, but uh, maybe uh, yeah, we'll well, no, we will hit you with another episode next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, I will record an episode while on the road um, no, next no. Monday, and I will the play some of my rondo. But otherwise, awesome. yeah. Very um, well, thank you very much, John. As always, uh, it's been wonderful talking to you, and uh, thank you all out there. If you if you enjoyed this episode, give us five stars, give us a positive review, if the platform we listen on allows for that. Um subscribe to this podcast, share episodes, do all of the good stuff. It helps us grow. It's much, much appreciated. I send my love to all of you. Thank you for listening and hear you next week. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.